One, two, pick up sticks. This is episode 106. The Ultimate Deck Podcast. Need a show about outdoor living? This is where it's at with your host, Shane Chapman and Wayla Brent. Thank you for tuning in. Now let the show begin. Yeah, yeah. The Ultimate Deck Podcast. Let's go. Let's go. This uh, The intro lied today. Wade's not here. He is off hunting in the bush for... I don't know what he actually hunts for because he says every year he goes to hunt moose. Yet to bring back a moose. Right? How many years has he been doing it that yeah. he always never gets a moose? I feel like he's just hunting bush. And I, I, <laughs> I understand how that Whoa. sounds now. But I mean, he's just Whoa. out there shooting at trees. Are you sure he's not just <laughs> drinking beers? There's probably more, like, lots of that happening, too, by himself. <laughs> by himself? Yeah, so he's not here today, so that's good. We can have a serious conversation then without Wade here, I feel like, is how that... Is, it, is that how that works? Might happen, yeah. Wade's, so, Wade's not here, so... Right. You look like you're feverishly working away, Bryce, uh, on... What are you doing? Loading Worldly News? You got uh, it ready? No, no, I have the Worldly... Well, I changed the Worldly News today. We're okay. going gonna to do seasonally news. Oh, For the okay. most part. All right, well, how was your week? It was good. How about yours? Uh, not bad. I, uh, what did we do? We got some stuff shot for YouTube this week. We were working hard feverishly back in the warehouse there. Yeah. It's going to be stuff done. Going to be good. Hopefully. Is it up yet? It's <laughs> <laughs> it took like three uh, hours st- to upload it. <laughs> we stopped recording eight hours ago, Shane, and there's nine hours of filming. So, yeah. uh, no, it's not uploaded yet. Uh, Tim Horton's on deck. He says, yeah, I got the Timmy hose right here Had yeah. to get that. You know, I've switched. We were just talking about this. I've switched to peppermint tea in the afternoon. Yeah. Now. This well, is a thing I do in the winter. Why Tim Hortons? Doesn't doesn't McDonald's offer peppermint tea? I don't know. Do they? I swear they must. Well, I haven't tried that there. I drink their coffee quite frequently, but I've never actually tried to get a peppermint tea from there. The real story is Tim Hortons is closer to here than Tim uh, than McDonald's is to our store. That's true. And I really like the peppermint tea from there. That's fair. So I'm willing to That's overlook fair. how much they've pissed me off in the past. Yeah. Until I try somebody else's peppermint. That said, I did text my wife today and said, please put a box of peppermint tea on the grocery list to bring to work. So I'm about to cut them out of this again. <laughs> and make my Goodbye, own. Tim Hortons. Goodbye, Tim Hortons. Now you just need a kettle and some peppermint tea. And there's kettle here. Oh, there you go. There's a kettle here at the store. And Juanita, our estimator, she has peppermint tea here. She's offered it to me, but I was like, if I start, I'll finish the, the so whole just box. Drink it all. So I'm going to get my own now. So... So peppermint flavored things, that's your like go-to December, end of November, December. Yeah. Yeah. The peppermint thing is a trend I can get on no problem at Christmas time. I don't get on to the pumpkin spice thing a whole bunch at Halloween time. Like that's... No. Pumpkin spice is not Here and there maybe, but it's like it's not... eh. Yeah. But peppermint... Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Like some peppermint hot chocolate or peppermint tea or whatever. Candy cane Slurpees. Right? What? (laughs) Is that like, a thing? It was like 10 years ago they came out with candy cane Slurpees. Get out of and here. And I, I bet you I drank one like every day. Seriously? They were so good. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm going to have to keep my eye out for that. Yeah. I'd never seen them since. So. Wow. That's interesting. Um, the other night I uh, fired up my VR, my Oculus Quest 2. Quest For the first two. time in a couple weeks because a buddy of mine, well, Tyson, you know, Tyson List, yeah. uh, messaged me. This is so funny. Uh, was I telling you this story? Yeah. This you told me this story the other day. So- Here's here's where the world is going. I had a buddy text me the other day and be like, "Hey, are you uh, are you going to the major laser major laser concert tonight?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, I didn't know he was even on. What time's it on?" He's like, "Eight o'clock." The funny thing about this is that it wasn't a real concert. Well, 
they were actually performing, but it was all in virtual reality. It wasn't like we were going to an arena to go watch a concert. It was like just at eight o'clock, you're supposed to put the headset on and then go into the virtual concert. So how was the virtual concert experience? Uh, not bad. I would say, so it depends on who you are because there was three of us actually that ended up kind of like mm. <laughs> air quotes going to the show <laughs> together. <laughs> And Greg was like, he's like, this is crazy. This is so amazing. Like, wow. And I was kind of like, yeah, it's neat, but I don't, I certainly don't feel like I'm there. Right. Like, I don't feel like I'm, I'm not forgetting that I'm sitting in my living room with a giant pair of sunglasses on. Like, so I think it depends on who you are a little bit, but that said, like the VR thing in general, very cool. Yeah. And there are some things where you do get lost in yourself a little bit. I just didn't feel like the concert was that was one of them. So I've gone into like some of the venues where it's like a stand up comedian or something, mm -hmm. and it feels a little bit more intimate and like you're there yeah. with that stuff. With this one, it seemed like they were really far off, and the picture was not super clear. Oh, okay. Like so, it kind of just felt like you were watching like a like a video. You were just watching a concert. Watch a VHS tape. VHS VHS tape. They went backwards in yeah. time. They kind of they kind of slid back a little. That's major laser for you, <laughs> right? But that said, I went into another venue. So there's a app called Venues, and there's all sorts of different shows on. You like walk into a lobby, and it's like a yeah. theater, and there's little venues you can go into whichever shows you want. And so I went into one that was like UFC fighting, basically, yeah. and it was really cool. Like it was like you're right up there ringside watching this fight, and it was much clearer, and the picture was good, and the other, like there was. Normal sized people around you. Normal like, sized people. <laughs> this is really kind of cool. So. I was I was just thinking, um, probably something that Netflix should get on would be to recreate virtually the video store. Oh yeah! Because you and I have talked about this before, but Blockbuster Friday nights. Oh hell going yeah! Go. Can you imagine walking through the video store? Oh. Like in your favorite for VHS? Sure. One of the nine people in here works at Netflix. So <laughs> that's a great idea. Yeah. That's a great idea. Because I do think that the venues thing where you're in the lobby and you can hang out and talk to other people from around the world is really neat. Yeah. But if I could if I could walk through Blockbuster to pick up my movie, right? That's deadly. And you could actually pick up the like the Just pick cases it up. and like read the back and like, oh man, that's super cool. Have to take it somewhere to put it in like to watch the preview. Right. And then you buy your popcorn and your stuff, whatever, and then you leave and you drive over to seven eleven and grab us, you know, other snacks. Skip the dishes. Right. Seven eleven. Uber Eats, man. Oh man. So that's a really good idea. So we somebody <laughs> got to talk to somebody somewhere to make that happen. That'd yeah. be really neat. We need to figure that out. Somebody. 100%. 100%. Let's send an email to yeah. Blockbuster and Netflix. So I've become a big fan of this VR thing because um, I wasn't initially because I'd never even tried it. I didn't even try I had never tried VR till mm -hmm. my Oculus Quest 2 showed up in the mail. I'd never even put on like... So you just bought it blind. I just bought it blind, yeah. Well, partially blind. Like I was guided right. <laughs> by yeah. Greg Moore. Mm-hmm. And, um, but he's been trying to get me to buy one since the first quest when he bought it. The one that you needed like a big rig for like a room almost. Yeah. I don't know. Did you, was it, you had to plug into something or what? Yeah. I'm pretty sure you had to like set up like cameras around you to watch you and you couldn't get out of a certain space. Is that the rift? Maybe that was the rift. Might be the, I think that quest has always been kind of like self-sustained oh, okay. or whatever. But according to Greg, this one has like much better resolution, way easier to get immersed in it, blah, blah, nice. blah. I don't know what else is better about it, but I don't know. Um, but he tried talking me into it. He even said like, come over to my house and try it. And I just like, none of that stuff ever happened. And I didn't buy it. And then the one day I saw him selling his. And you were like, what? On Facebook is like selling Oculus Quest. And I was like, ha, I knew it. It was a gimmick. He's over it. So I sent him a message. Is like, huh? 
novelty wore off or what? Yeah. He's like, no, I bought the new one. I'm trying to get rid of this one before the price drops <laughs> off. So then that convinced me. I was like, well, if it's good enough for him to go through a whole year's iteration and then jump on the new one on a pre-order, I was like, it must be pretty good. Yeah. So now I have one. And? It's really good. It's really good. You it's would cool. get one. It's cool. I would get one again. Yeah. If I lost this one, I would rebuy you, it. Would you buy another one so that you and your wife or your kid could... Oh, have a multiples in the house? Yeah. I don't know if I'd go that far. So my, my, my wife's not a huge fan of it. Now that said, she's tried it and she thinks it's super cool as well. And I've got some videos of her. <laughs> if you go on to my personal TikTok account. Yeah. So I think it's the Shane Chapman on there as well. I posted a video of my wife's first or second time trying it, walking the plank and some shit goes down <laughs> and she gets freaked out. So you should go watch She just TikTok. doesn't, she doesn't. Do, oh, okay. Ah, I won't ruin it for everybody. So then I took it to my, I took the VR down to my parents' place when we were visiting there a few weeks ago and we brought it and, yeah. and thought, well, we'll let them try it. Pretty grounded people. I didn't think they would get into it a whole bunch. They tried it, thought it was super cool. Neither of them could walk the plank. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about with the walk the plank, do you? I do, yeah, yeah. Okay. You ride so, the elevator up to the top of, top floor and right. walk out. Yeah, virtually you go up a building, the elevator door opens, and there's a wooden plank, like whatever, the equivalent of let's say 20 or 30 stories in the air. Mm -hmm. And you have to walk out on the plank and just like, just see what it does to you. And it's crazy how much your body, your mind is just like, yeah, you know, you better be careful up here. Right. Like, you know that you're, you know that you're just sitting on your living room floor. You can't fall. Yeah. But your body's just like, nope, balance, balance. And then when you fall, you get like the, yeah, the your, rush. Your stomach goes through your throat. Yeah, it's crazy. And yeah. so, so I, and my wife couldn't do it for the longest time. She was like, oh my God, I don't know why I can't do this. It's, it's so crazy. Take it down. My stepmom nor my father could do it. They're both like, really? Nope. Can't get out of the elevator. And so I thought this was all like Wade had said that same thing. I couldn't mm -hmm. even get out of the elevator. I was like, ah, oh, come on. Like that's yeah. Weird. It's a video game, Wade. Come on, Wade. How you're going, you're going to go hunt moose. And I, yeah, exactly. And then the first three people that I tried on also can't do it. So I was like, okay, legit. So anyway, um, oh, we've hit 10 people in the audience. That means we can get onto the worldly news. Worldly news. Isn't that what that means? Uh, yeah. I, I don't, don't, I don't have it. I don't, know, we never I don't have the opening it. set up, but you can, uh, we've never talked about that being the thing, but. Let's just run it. Should we just run just it? Just hit the button. Okay. Just so you know, man. I'm working on something very, very big. Very important. You're going to be very proud. It's the worldly news. Okay. Well, you said we've got some seasonal worldly news today. Is that uh, accurate? Yeah. So first we have uh, regular worldly news. Uh, so segment. this is kind of funny while you're looking that up. I'm just going to read back into the comments a little bit here. Uh, we have heat con saying that pumpkin spice, I think their caps lock button is stuck on. Hey, everything they said so far is in clear. <laughs> like they're yelling at me. Non -stop. Right. Exactly. Pumpkin spice is greater than peppermint. Pumpkin Come spice on. is not greater than peppermint. Right. Whoever. Absolute nonsense. Yeah. Get, get out of here. Come on. Precision construction says peppermint tea. Good grief. Is episode 107 going to be talking about our feelings? Uh, no, Scott, actually episode 106 is going to be talking about our feelings. Yeah, 107 is next. He clearly didn't see the story about what today's episode was going to be about. Okay, here we go. Worldly news. You ready? I am ready. Okay, what would you do if a giant rock fell through your roof and it was still hot? Is it a real rock or do I have my headset on? 
It's a real rock. <laughs> it's, a real, it's a real rock. Okay. It's a real rock. Yeah. And it's still hot. Like it's, it's still a, hot. Like it's a freaking asteroid? Like a meteor? It's a meteorite. So an Indo- Indonesian I'd man. I'd cook an egg on it. You'd cook an egg on it? Yep. So he picked it up, still hot, took it home, took a picture of it, put it on the internet. Someone offered him over $1 million just to buy it. Do you take the million right then and there? Uh, yeah, why not? You're in Indonesia, man. Because what if it's worth more than that? They estimated it to be worth at least 1.8 million US dollars. Okay. And the guy that bought it turned around and sold it right away. For 1.8? Probably. He made his cash. I mean, I would... You just had a rock fall through your roof. Right. And I wonder how much a million dollars in Indonesia is worth. Right. USD. And the guy was probably sitting on his couch, like, being like, grumbling. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, well, life's so shitty and like, I just, I never have good luck. Kabam! Exactly. What's that? That's like winning. That's beyond winning the lottery. It is. Right? Yeah. So it crashed through his window. How big of a rock are we talking about here? Uh, It's probably the size of a football. I don't know if you can kind of see that. Size of a football. Oh, yeah. You got it on the thingy there. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 a lot of dough per pound of rock. Right? Right. And it was still hot. And so what he's going to do with it. The money, he's going to expand his house and I hope fix his roof. Yeah. He's got $10,000 in repairs first. Exactly. And then donate the rest to his local church. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. How about if a reno is he doing? Is it like a $950,000 yeah, right. reno? He's, he's buying like, the whole island like of Indonesia. Throw the other 50 at the church, I guess. Simcoe says, did I just join in 30 minutes late and we haven't done the worldly news? Uh yeah, you joined in late, but we also started quite late. We've only been recording for 13 minutes, so settle down. Okay, holiday, worldly news. Shane, how much do you like Christmas? I I like Christmas quite a bit. I'm a big fan of Christmas. And what are your top Christmas movies? Oh, okay. You and I talked about this for two hours the other day. I know. Driving <laughs> this, is, this could be a podcast in and of itself. It could. So my, my annual watches... Number one is Home Alone. That's, Home Alone. That's the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. Home Alone. I will watch that probably no less than a dozen times between now and end of January because it's not over when Christmas is over. My kids also love it. So then they just keep watching. We just it. keep watching it. And I have that's you know what? I don't like rewatching movies a whole lot. There's very few movies that I can watch again and again and again. And let me try that again. Over and over. And again and again. <laughs> over and over. Over and over again. But that's one of them that I could watch like. I could watch every day until Christmas. And after Christmas. And I know exactly what's going to happen. Right? right? It never changes. Right? But that's an amazing movie. I Is like that Is that Joe one. Pesci? Yeah. Yeah, watching Joe Pesci get hit with a paint can. Right? Or touching the doorknob when it's like really hot. And so did we talk about this yet? Have you watched the Netflix show, How We, How They, no, the movies that made us? I, have, I haven't watched that one. Was I telling you about it? No. Okay, so they do the Home Alone one. Mm-hmm. And... So Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern have stunt men in that movies that actually do all these stunts. Obviously, yeah. And so like they actually get nailed to the paint can and whatever. And the scene where uh, Joe Pesci is going to walk up, I shouldn't even call him by his name. We're breaking the spirit of Christmas here. But when he's walking up the stairs, we should call him by his character name. What's his character name? Uh, uh, Marv. Marv, yeah. No, Marv's uh, Daniel Stern's character, Harry. Harry and Marv, the the, the wet bandits. I've watched this movie a hundred times. And for some reason, I start to think of what their names are. Well, because they're not, who cares? Marv! <laughs> yeah. So when he's walking up the stairs and they're all iced up. Yeah. And he like, he flies back. So that was a stunt man. They had a couple stunt men for each guy. And the director had given him no direction as to how he was supposed to fall down the stairs. It was just like, hit the stairs or icy fall down. 
And that guy walked up there and he hit it. And he just said like they were interviewing him on the show and he just like threw himself up as high as he freaking could. <laughs> and like he slammed hard on the ground afterwards. And apparently like the whole set was just like, I like mouth open dropped like, Oh my God. Yeah. And then like cut. Are you? Cause he really hits the concrete. In okay. that scene. It's like one. Yeah, scene. He throws himself like six feet in the air and then lands on his back in the concrete. And that was a hundred percent real. So anyway, Home Alone. and then like Marv actually takes an iron to the face. Like they did all oh. this stuff. And, um, I feel like Home Alone 2 is way worse for stunts. Like in terms of. So Home Alone 2 gets me when, when, uh, Kevin's throwing the bricks off the top of the building. Yeah. And Marv keeps taking him in the face. Over over again. That's a over. great scene. That's yeah. a great scene. Anyways, Home Alone for sure. Home Alone 2 is just as good in my opinion. Um, Elf is an annual watch. Got to watch Elf for sure. Elf's great. I usually sneak Christmas with the Cranks in their summer. It's not one of my faves, but I'll watch it once every holiday season. Christmas with the Cranks, hey? Yeah. It's Tim Allen. Tim Allen. Yeah. I'm just, I like, I'm a big Tim Allen fan. Santa Claus? The Santa Claus is a really good one. Yeah, we'll watch the Santa Claus for sure. The first two anyway. Mm-hmm. I think so, it's the first two. And then the third one gets goofy. Is that what happens? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So Home Alone's on that list, obviously. Charlie Brown Christmas. I've never been a big fan of the Charlie Brown Christmas. Nah, me neither. It doesn't do it for me. A Christmas Story? Nope. Yeah, see, I've, I've never watched that either. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, though. Is there like, but is there like one, is there a movie that's like the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Yeah, the claymation. One to watch? The claymation one. Oh, yeah, okay. Isn't that one kind of like sad? Like, I mean, it's a little racist. And old and like terrible. <laughs> is it? Yeah, okay. Uh Anyways, there's probably some other ones that I'm not thinking of. Um, but yeah, I'm a big fan of Christmas. I love Christmas movies. What about Die Hard? That's the question. So I don't remember ever actually watching Die Hard. I know I have watched it when I was a kid, but it's been a long time, man, like 30 years. Mm-hmm. But the movies that made us, there's an episode about Die Hard too, and I watched it. And that's the Christmas movie. Yeah. Both of them, right? Yeah. They're the Christmas movie for people who don't like Christmas movies. Right. And so what's the other one too? The Polar Express. That's not a bad Polar Express is bad. Tom Hanks. Yeah. Uh, there you were, were f- telling me about one though on the way to Saskatoon that I hadn't heard of before with who? Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. I want to say John Travolta, but I was like, it's not John Travolta. So the new Christmas movie, in my opinion, is The Christmas Chronicles with Kurt Russell. Okay, I gotta look that one up yet. So that's gonna have to happen. So that's just a little talk about Christmas movies. Bitcoin Dex says Christmas vacation. Yeah, it's hard not I don't make that one of my ones, but I'll watch it some years. Yeah. Uh National Lampoons. Christmas Vacation. Yep. Lethal Weapon got on the list. I don't know why. Okay. And so did Gremlins. And I didn't realize... Gremlins? Yeah, Gremlins is set at Christmas. Okay. And it's directed by Steven Spielberg. So what are you reading? This is a list of the top Christmas movies? Top 15 Christmas movies of all time. According to who? Um, They're high. People. <laughs> anyway. A lot of them are like some of the old ones, right? Like... Christmas story and I get why some of them are on there. They're classics. You have to, they have to be on the list. Even if I don't appreciate them for what they are. Right. Exactly. Now the final thing, because this will be out in a few weeks about Christmas is 10 weird facts about Christmas that you probably didn't know. Okay. Let's roll. December 25th was love lists was originally (laughs) a pagan celebration. Okay. Nobody knows when Jesus of Nazareth was born and nobody celebrated his birthday for hundreds of years. And December 25th was chosen because of the winter solstice alone. Alrighty. So for me, it's not a, 
It's never been a religious holiday for me. I understand that. Yeah, it is, but it's not about that for me. Mm-hmm. I'm not a, I'm not a religious person per se. I don't go to church. Um, so for me, it's just about like family and friends and food and like Santa, Santa. Yeah. Santa Claus originally originated from a newspaper ad. It was the first time a picture of him was seen. Okay. Was it the famous Coca-Cola one? We always talk about how he's red because of Coca-Cola. Is that true? Uh, I think that is true, but the original ad was in a newspaper uh, for toys and gift books in the mid-19th century. Whose ad was it? Does it say? Doesn't say. Ah. Uh, What's another one? We Wish You a Merry Christmas was originally a threat. How, in what way is that threatening? Uh, the ever popular song was originally sung loudly and repeatedly by crowds of rowdy, lower class servants demanding booze from their masters or else they won't go away until they get some. <laughs> okay, now I see it. Now I get it. Uh, okay. What's another good one here? <laughs> they won't go away until they get some. Right, exactly. Yeah, the 12 sense. days of Christmas. How much do you think it costs? How much does what cost? The 12 days of Christmas. To who? Well, the 12 days of Christmas are 12 gifts, right? Oh, like the actual... Oh, I see. Oh, I don't know. Are we... Take like, a stab. Is inflation being in the... Uh, $67,000. They're looking at about $1.3 million. Holy smokes. They figure about $100,000 per Lord a-leaping. And $100,000 to cover the birds, rings, milkmaids, so on and so forth. I guess I wasn't, I didn't include buying of people. Multiple people. <laughs> it's just the frankincense. I was going after <laughs> frankincense. I was going after just the easy to purchase things that you can get anywhere. <laughs> yeah. So that's some Christmas facts for you. Other than the Christmas tree is also manufactured, a manufactured tradition from the Victorian times. And that's about it. Okay. Well, that was a fun little seasonal edition. Yeah, We're a little bit early. This is going to air on the 28th, I believe this episode will be on. And so right we're ahead. Of, but, but that's tree time right there. A month before. Exactly. That's when you put your tree up. Yeah. So now it's okay. We can talk about that. Now it's okay. Yeah. So that it? That's, that's the it. end of that's the world it. news. Let's roll in. That was a good one. I enjoyed that. Not super funny, but very like... I was into it. Yeah. I was into it. Right? Got my peppermint tea. I was ready for some Christmas chat. We don't have Wade here to... Right. Yeah, because he's a freaking Grinch man, too. He doesn't like Christmas? Ah, he doesn't like anything. It's like anything that kids get happy about, he doesn't like. Like, he's just like... <laughs> he doesn't uh, like... <laughs> I don't know if that's him or if that's, as he calls her, Big Red rubbing off on him or what, but there's just like, this time of year, it's just like Halloween, they lock their doors and it's like Christmas. Really? Oh, yeah. And it's like, go away, world. Grinch. Now it's time to get on to the topic. Time to get on the topic. So we had to have a little bit of fun because this is going to get a little heavy. Um... The topic today, a while back, um, boy, I was just thinking about this the other day that it had been a while since we did an episode around mental health and back, it was in our old studio. So it was, it was about a year ago, probably mm-hmm. about this time we did an episode. We had Jim Demery in from, um, what's the organization called? Uh, I know what you're talking about. Boy, oh boy. I don't know why I can't think of it right now. Uh, anyway, a mental health initiative in uh, Understand Us. It's called Understand yeah, Us. Yeah, yeah. And so there's been some shit that went on with Jim in the last little while. He's no longer there. Um, the organization still exists. The organization it still has its exists. mandate, which is a good one. Um, 
But I figured time to have this conversation again because I know when we talked about last time, it was like, hey, this is not something that we should just kind of mention and then let it go. We were kind of encouraging people to keep this top of mind, have their mental minute, we were calling it. And, um, and we haven't touched on it a bit. So at this time of year, given everything that's gone on in 2020, mm-hmm. and we're at the end of the year and we're coming up to a time that's supposed to be joyous, but for many people is not, I thought let's retouch this topic of mental health let's and not just, it. not just, uh, interview somebody who's in it, but like have a conversation about it. Yeah. We have to put some thought into it now, not just like ask questions and yeah, whatever. So, um, so I wanted to go through this because, uh, there's a lot of information out there about this trade specifically around construction. Mm-hmm. We're not going to call it just deck builders, but trade and construction as a whole. And so I've made really good notes today. Um, Cause there's a lot. That's first. And so I've split this into, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've split this into kind of three um, topics of conversation. And the first topic of conversation that we're going to go through is why mental health is such a challenge in construction. Like, because mm-hmm. according to the CDC, I've looked this up, according to the CDC, one in five people in the construction trades suffer from mental illness of some sort. Oh yeah. Depression definitely. or something. And I don't know if I thought that number was going to be, any less, but I'm also surprised that it's only one in five in a way. So I wonder, and yeah. I don't, I didn't look into the entire context of their classification of what they considered to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe this was one in five that are like clinically depressed or something. Maybe I'm not sure, but my guess is that probably more than one out of five have some struggles yeah. with mental illness. Uh, that maybe that's just severe. And so also the CDC had said that the construction trade is one of the highest risk occupations for suicide and mental health. Oh, wow. Mental depression. I wouldn't have guessed that. So uh, it's an at-risk occupation. Do you think it's due to the type of work or other stresses? Right here. Oh, okay. Right here. I got 20 reasons. 20 reasons why. Let's hear them. It might not be 20, but it's close. So we'll go through this and, and be like, okay, well, why? I mean, for somebody who's worked in the trades, um, some of these things are quite obvious. Mm-hmm. Some might not be, but I'm just going to go through this list and we can kind of chat about it as we go. So uh, number one is that the the work you're doing is physically and mentally challenging to begin with. Mm-hmm. So some more physically physical than others. Um, like obviously if you're slinging, you know, steel beams and bolting them on skyscrapers all day long, that's maybe a little bit more intense than building fences is. But at the end of the day, you're still taxing your body. It's physical work. There's a lot of figuring out and mentally processing and fixing problems in your head and everything. So it's just a challenging job in both capacities. Yeah. I think people who don't say that construction is mentally challenging are flat out wrong. Right. And I think maybe sometimes the general public doesn't give the trades the respect they deserve as far as how mentally challenging this thing is, Mm -hmm. this occupation is, because a lot of them look at it and be like, oh, it's just a a big dumb guy swinging stuff together. And they think it's it's kind of a a brainless occupation. It's it's absolutely not. I can tell you that I'm really smart. And I... (laughs) (laughs) What I was going to say is I can tell you, having been in it, the whole job is mentally draining. Definitely. All you do is fix problems. That's the entire, like if you want to define contractor, it's yep. somebody who willingly goes out and solves other people's problems. Yeah, definitely. And not only from the fact that like, how do I get my roof to stop leaking? But like, then you start the job and problems come up. And so on the fly, you're trying to solve mm-hmm. problems too. It's, it's not- those on the fly, on the fly prog- problem, problems that really cause a lot of stress, I think. Right, exactly. And so... The second one, and I think this is, I honestly think this is probably one of the, the, um, 
the biggest culprits is that this industry is typically male dominated with this kind of tough macho attitude around it mm-hmm. where guys who are walking around slinging hammers and whatnot are expected to be tough. Yeah. And unfortunately in our world, tough means you don't talk about your problems. You're the rock. That's right. You don't get to, to cry. Yeah. You don't get to whine about what's bothering you. And I think that this industry, and this is certainly, I don't mean to paint everybody with a, with the same brush, but obviously with the statistics being that this industry is one of the worst hit with depression and whatnot, it's, mm-hmm. this rings true in a lot of cases is that this is a bit of an, an issue. The yeah. fact that guys are expected to be so tough and, and whatnot just because they're, and, and there's more and more females getting into this industry too, but females I think are a little bit more um, willing yep. to to be emotional than, mm-hmm. than men are. So there's this kind of social construct that really kind of turns men away from wanting to be open in the first place. And then they get into this kind of industry where it's really frowned upon Yep. and you're just with a bunch of other dudes who are all supposed to be tough. And so I think that's probably one of the biggest things. Um, there's a stigma around talking about feelings. Oh, guaranteed because of that, like hyper masculinity. Right. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, we can probably understand that when you walk into a job site, you're probably not going to walk in there and tell people about how you feel. Right. Because if you dare to, you're just going to get ridiculed from the three other guys on site. Mm-hmm. Like, unfortunately, that's kind of how it is. Mm-hmm. That's the fear, right? Yep. And that's probably just as like, that probably compounds the issue, right? Right. This like stress fear of like, I can't talk to anybody because if I let anybody know, right, they're going to, so not only are yeah. you not able to talk about what's bothering you, but you've added another layer of something that's bothering you again, because you know, you can't really exactly express yourself to the, the guys around you. Uh, competitive work environment. So I mm-hmm. think this means just maybe even from peer to peer, like within the same crew, like maybe you're expected to be, you're kind of competing against each other to be the efficient guy or whatever it is, but also just the nature of that job. Mm-hmm. Um, like I've been in jobs where yes, the company has competitors, but I don't feel like I'm personally competing with no the company's competitors where on, as with contracting, especially on smaller crews, you are feeling the pressure against other competitors personally on the job. Like yeah. it's every job comes down to you winning the bid against somebody else. Definitely. There's a pressure added there. Well, and I would agree with, I would agree with like on a small crew basis, you're probably competing against each other a lot. Yeah. Right? You don't like, again, back to this, <laughs> this is why I said that masculinity thing and this is macho male dominated thing is a big deal. You don't want to be the slow guy. No. On a crew of four dudes who you're all tough and everything. You don't want to be the guy who can't lift the three bundles of shingles. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be the guy who swings the hammer slower. Cause you just, you get it again. You get shit on again. Yep. Constantly. So yeah. Uh, next one is alcohol and substance is almost normalized in a lot of trades. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously if you're working in a larger business that has kind of policies in place that don't allow that kind of thing. Sure. But if you're just like a one man roofing crew and you're doing it with your buddies, you know, and again, I'm not painting everybody the same brush, but it's obvious that sometimes that's l- more okay yep. than it would be at a day job at an office or something yeah. to crack beers at the end of the day or to, to be drinking all night and going to work the next day or to be smoking on the roof or like whatever it is. Right. So there's substance issues. Um, end of season layoffs, which this is very topical right now. Yeah, definitely. Um, your job security is not what it might be in a different occupation. You may have seasonal layoffs and that wears on you. How am I going to pay my bills over the next Mm-hmm. A little while do I go in EI? Am I getting my job back? Like there's a constant wavering there or it's very cyclical with the economy. Like you're yeah. safe and the economy is pumping, but when it slows down, you never know when, when you're next on the block. Right. Like the oil, 
oil industry is really bad for that for a long time. Right. Um, separation from family. So you're in those kinds of trades, you're not working uh, typically a nine to five and going home, see mm-hmm. the kids and the wife. You are often you're working out of town or you're working longer hours. You're not seeing your family as much. So there's that. And you're like physically exhausted generally by right. the time you get home. Right. No, and 100%. mentally. I know that my ability to help out around the house um, with my wife and family now that I'm working a more kind of like office job again yep. versus when I was on the tools and working 10 hours a day in, you know, 35 degree slash hundred degree weather, mm-hmm. you're coming home at six thirty seven o'clock at night and just like, you just crash. Yeah. Right <laughs> on the couch. Yeah. And it's like, you don't help with anything. It's like, I freaking can't. The second I sit down. Yeah. I'm just done for it. Like I'm just, I'm just beat. Exactly. Yeah. And so then, and then that causes stress within your relationships and everything too. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, commodity pricing fluctuations is something I just kind of added in here. So, you know, and this year has kind of been, has kind of shown that like there's that added stress, maybe not if you're just in one of the employees, but if you're the guy running the business and you've quoted out a bunch of jobs and the pricing's not stable on things and you've got to have these conversations with your customers or you've got to eat it, mm-hmm. which is a common phrase, um, that adds stress to things. Deadlines. In fact, deadlines. deadlines are pretty hard and harsh with a lot of jobs, especially if they're commercial type um, projects. Mm-hmm. You're working against tight deadlines all the time. And then that leads to those longer work hours. And, and the, like the stress. unexpected like weather and like right. other things that are like really, because you're like construction, you're generally outdoors, right? Yeah. Right? A lot so, of times, yeah. So there's a lot of unexpected uh, problems that no one can control that show up too. Well, and you're also in a, in a queue of other trades often, especially in commercial work. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to wait for somebody else to be done their stuff before you can start your stuff. But there's an, also an overall budget and timeline Yeah, and somebody else's, you know, timeline being off messes your timeline. And <laughs> yeah, so exactly. it just compounds, um, impatient customers. So unfortunately for a lot of trades you are your own boss kind of thing and you're like you deal directly with the customer it's not like you're working at verizon and you like yeah you get some shitty customers sometimes but at the end of the day you hang up the phone and that's over for you it goes to somebody else but with this you're you're in it to the end uh shift work back to i guess um how much time you're spending away from work shift work can be hard on people's bodies Mm -hmm. and minds sleep deprivation so sometimes you just like you just can't get a good sleep because you're overtired and overworked and your right. body hurts and whatever else. Or right. you get up at four because you're crude. Like a lot of different reasons why you might be missing out on sleep. Chronic pain is one of the next ones. Mm. So, I mean, it's, you hear from carpenters all the time that have been in the trade for 30 years and their bodies are just, they're wrecked by the time they're 45 yeah. or 50. Mm-hmm. And they just can't do it anymore. But you go home with that pain and carry that on your body and your mind all the time. And it's going to lead to the sleep deprivation. And Oh yeah. It's just like every one of these things else. that you've said, they'll like chain into each other. Right. They're all tied together. Uh, performance pressure. So schedule, we talked about this a bit, schedule, budget, quality. All of these things are on your mind all the time on every job. You never mm-hmm. get a break from that mental kind of tracking those things. And the final one I put on here was social media. And the reason I put that on there is because there was a quote I read from Brian Baumler and I can't remember the exact quote, but it was to the effect of the problem now is that we've all got to put on this pretty face and act like everything's perfect all the time because yep. the world's watching us now. Yep. And so we're forced to kind of actually bury that stuff even further mm-hmm. than we might've before. Um, so you're trying to put on and create this, like you're acting in your own right. body. You're, you're kind of putting on a, a smiley face for the camera kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, sometimes things aren't always as good as they seem. So that's, I don't know, that was probably close to 20. 
uh, reasons why this industry specifically might be a little bit harder hit by mental struggle. Yeah. I think those are all like super valid, Uh, like especially the social media one, like right at the end there. Um, Because a lot of people do um, put on that face and that facade of everything's all right. I can handle it. Right. Like that back to that hyper masculinity and being like super tough. Right. Like I can take everything that the world throws at me. Yep. And then they put on this like big smiley face and look what I can do. But then they never really deal with the issues. Right. Because like, I think it would help deal with the issues if you could put out there that you're super happy and everything like that, as long as you're dealing with right that background stuff. Yeah. And the other thing too, is that I don't know if you've ever, I, I see this all the time in the groups that I'm in. You like, you dare post some of your work to try to show that you've done a, you know, to kind of like show what you've done. Yeah. And there is always a lineup of ignorant people waiting to tear you apart. Yep. And so how do you even, how do you win? Like you're trying, like you, you already buried the stuff you thought you'd mm-hmm. get lit up for before you posted it. And then you post something and people just line up to take shots. Yep. Like people are freaking ignorant out there. Mm-hmm. And like some platforms are worse than others. Like, but I mean, I, I see it all the time and I just like somebody posts something and I'm like, here we go. Before it even starts. I just know that they're going to get racked over yeah. or something stupid. So do you feel that like if you were to post more stuff, like just not care and just be like, oh, just post every day about it. You know what I mean? I think it helps sometimes to, because some people are getting better at this. They're posting their mistakes. Mm, yep. They're posting a little bit more real stuff. Like, hey, I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I could have done that better. I know that. But at least if you, then you're owning it yeah. a little bit, right? So I think by owning it, it kind of takes um, takes the the leverage away from the people that are out there just to like shit on people. Mm-hmm. Um, because what are they going to say now? Right. You're not hiding anything. You post a picture and be like, yeah, I know. I know I wasn't supposed to do it like that, but I did. Right. Exactly. It gives, it takes away the opportunity for somebody else to jump in and be like, you idiot. You always don't know what you're doing. Like, anyways, you see it all the time. It's crap. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the reasons why is construction one of the highest risk industries? Mm-hmm. There we go. There's 20 ish reasons. Um, now what can we do about it as, as bosses? I'm going to go through, here's the categories are, what can we do about this as a boss? Like if you're running the operation, what are some things you can do? Okay. And then the last stuff I want to get into the 15 tips just for you yourself to keep yourself in a healthy mental, mental state. Yep. And so we'll go through as a boss. Cause I know a lot of people that do turn into our podcast are the, the company owners or the lead hands or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. So they've got some influence on the rest of the people that work underneath that. Right. They're leaders, right? Right. Um, and this was actually, I didn't put this down, but you just said, you said the words, so I'm going to go there now. I read one part two that said, um, within these industries, a lot of times people are promoted into supervisory positions based on skill, uh, their skill or their time on yep. and not for their leadership qualities. Exactly. So you get a guy who's like, he's the lead hand on this job because he's the best carpenter, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean he knows how to lead people mm-hmm. and help people and, you know, create a healthy culture and whatnot. So, and this industry is just kind of strife with that. It's just like, yeah, the best guy is the boss, the best skilled guy, which right. doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it would be different if the leaders weren't paid more. Do you know what I mean? Like if right. you were, if you were taught to lead a team and you were paid the the same as the rest of your team or slightly more, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, because they get put in that position to get a pay raise generally. Right. 
And then they get all of these leadership responsibilities that they have no idea how to deal with. Right. And I think often too, it's it, it, in a lot of crews, it's probably the alpha male that rises to the top. Generally. Yeah. You know, he, he's just the guy that's the loudest and like is the toughest, machoist dude on the crew mm-hmm. gets kind of put up there. Cause everybody else is kind of like silenced a little bit by him. And he ends up being the guy that's running the show. And it's like, well, he's the last guy that's going to be fostering a healthy work environment for the rest of the people. Yeah. Right. Like the way he got there was by being the opposite. Of that. Yeah, exactly. By pushing everybody to the bottom right. and exactly. stepping over their bodies. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, there's just a, a lot of things that lead to it. So what can you do if you are the guy at the top that has some control over like your people's, uh, mental health? <clears throat> Number one I put down was culture change. Mm. And that's a bit of a generic catch-all, but I believe that this is something that the good crews have. Like I can probably pick out a few in my head of guys that I follow on Instagram that aren't necessarily from here that I think probably have a really good culture. Yep. Um, and it's not a, a toxic environment for people to be working in. And I would get, have to guess that probably a lot of the ones that are on Instagram do have a better culture, likely. Like they're a little bit more aware that there's... Yeah. They're a bit more professional about it. That's why they're there. Like, so, you know, our audience might not be who even needs to hear this, but I'm sure it will help everybody a little bit. So a culture change is like, you need to set the tone and the precedent and like, you need to lead Yeah, with how people should interact with each other at work. You can't be the guy yelling at everybody and shitting on everybody because then everybody else learns from you and mm-hmm. it's okay it's okay to tell, to tell that guy he's an effing idiot because the boss does it. Right. The boss does it more than anybody. Mm-hmm. So now that's the culture you've created is, is this. You can't be okay with the fact that somebody wants to crack a beer or smoke a joint in the middle of the day. Like that stuff, you, you need to take some, um, you need to lead by example yep. and treat it like a professional operation and know that like there's people here that have issues. Mm-hmm. Like they show up and they put their belt on, but like you don't know what's going on. Unless you ask. Right. Which is an important leadership quality. Right. So I think maybe the rest of these kind of play into that whole culture change, but like, and I don't, I'm not claiming to have the answer to this either. Like this is that creating culture in a, in a business is tough. Yeah. Any like, business doesn't matter like right. what it is. And I feel like we have a fairly decent culture in our stores, but it, I, I almost feel like it's by accident. Like mm-hmm. it's just by nature that Wade and I aren't, um, you know, we're these alpha dudes kind of throwing the weight around and yep. like telling everybody they're terrible. Like we're just, we're, I feel like we're pretty friendly dudes to begin with. So we treat everybody in that same manner as I would with the, a buddy that I'm going out with. Mm-hmm. So by nature that everybody's happy. Yep. Like, <laughs> and so the culture's by accident, I guess, but, um, I don't think, feel like we've done anything in particular or on purpose to make it a great place to work. Right. But for some people, maybe that doesn't come natural and they need to actually sit down and think about what they have to implement. Mm-hmm. Um, but the number one thing I had on here, number two, I guess, was to make resources available to your staff. So you don't know, you don't know who's, I mean, we've all heard the terrible stories of somebody that, that leaves us, that decides that it's, they, they can't handle life and they decide to take it. Mm-hmm. And nine times out of 10 people are like, I had no idea. Exactly. He was all, he was always out and he like, he was a, he was the dude making, cracking the most jokes. Like we had no idea he was, he was depressed. And it's like, so you don't know yeah. who it is. And because of this whole work environment we're talking about here, even if you ask, you might not get the answer. So the first thing is to make sure that the resources are available. Mm-hmm. Post it up in the trailer or in the office, the number for help hotlines or whatever it might be, or resources that people can reach out to, to kind of 
talk to because mm-hmm. they may not feel comfortable in your environment. You got to make peace of the fact that maybe your environment you have right now is not the most conducive to people opening up and talking about their situation. Yeah. Especially construction. Right. right. So make sure there's some resources out there and available that somebody will see them and, and they can, you know, mm-hmm. take that number and call it on their own time if they want to. Uh, number three was be aware and pay attention. So, um, I saw this post the other day and I think it was on TikTok, and it was, it kind of hit me in a way. And it was a, it was a post from a lady and it was subtitled something like, um, watch my ex-husband fall out of love with me or something like that. And I went through and she posted these pictures. It was like a little slideshow of pictures and it was like, pictures of them together and they were like ha- or even some videos and stuff and it was like happy happy he's super goofy he's lovey whatever and as time goes on she'd obviously like had a relationship that fell apart and then realized that she kind of had this documented as right. she looked back and it was like as time went on she posts these things you could see that the, the guy's the husband's reactions and his like his energy in the relationship was not the same mm. they used to be super fun together and joking and laughing mm-hmm. and as it worked towards the end at the end he's just kind of like leave me alone kind of thing whatever right yeah so this probably happened over years and like anything that happens gradually over years you don't notice it it's really hard to see it in the moment right but if you compare like start to finish you're like damn that's a different person mm-hmm. so i guess what i mean by this is be aware and pay attention like if you notice that somebody on your crew starts to act a little bit differently. They're usually the the happy jokey guy in sight. And now they're starting to be quieter or they're showing up to work late all the time, or there's like a change in their daily yep. routines and their, their demeanor, then maybe something's going on. Yeah. And so that might be an opportunity for you to step aside and pull them aside and be like, Hey, is, is everything okay? Like I've noticed like you're, cause your initial reaction is probably like, again, in this industry, where the, f- were you? Yeah. Why aren't you here on time? And it's like, okay, but there's maybe there's something going on. Like, mm-hmm. you know that that guy's not generally like that, but now he's been that way for the last couple of months. Something's going on. Yeah. So that leads to the next one, which is to ask and check in and just pull the guy aside and be like, hey, heads up. Like, mm-hmm. I've noticed you've been late a bunch lately. And like, that's that's not cool. But yeah. like, but what's going on? Why, why are we late all the time now? Like something must be going on in your life. Mm-hmm. Talk to me or, you know, talk to this person or something. And this is definitely... I think you, you referenced it in the beginning again about um, none of this stuff just happens overnight if you don't have the type of culture, like the work culture already around it, right? right? Like if you're not, like if you're in a, if you're in a situation right now where you're not already doing these things, just going up and asking that guy isn't going to do 100%, anything. 100%. Yeah. Right. Because for one, they're not going to, they're not going to even believe you. <laughs> yeah, right. right. They're gonna be they're gonna be wondering what you're up to. Right. Why are you asking me? Just so you can make fun of me. Just so you can dig some shit out to make fun of me on. Like yeah. exactly. hundred percent. Yeah, you gotta make the change first. Again, mm-hmm. like lead by example first. Yeah. Or like I said, maybe you just guide them towards something. Maybe you're maybe you're self aware enough to be like, I'm not the dude who wants like Yeah. I I know that we don't have that kind of relationship, but here, man, like take a day off, go talk to somebody. Yeah. So the next one I had was manage scheduling and don't overwork your guys or your people. And so I think it's easy for the owners of these businesses to try to cram work in, make mm-hmm. hay while the sun shines and give yourself super short deadlines trying to get to the next job because it's because you think like, oh, if we say yes to this one, even though we don't have time for it, like we don't want to lose the jobs, so we put it in there. Right. And then you've just added all this stress on top of your crew because you're giving them an impossible task. Yep. And then you've got people on your ass, which means you're on their ass, which means you're stressed which, out. Which and leads it's just to exactly gonna, this. Yeah. 
right? So manage your scheduling a little bit better. Maybe don't always go to your people t- for the expectation that they're going to um, skew from the norm. Like maybe you don't go to your people like, can you work more? Maybe you go back to the client and be like, listen, heads up, we are going to need a bit more time. Like yep. maybe who you're asking to flex on the, what was expected mm-hmm. needs to change. Yeah. Because maybe the customer doesn't really matter. Maybe you told them this was going to be done by June 27th, but maybe it doesn't actually have to be done by June 27th. Right. Maybe July 3rd is okay. Yeah. So instead, of, and then the next person, maybe you can push them back to like, maybe you can flex on both sides, not to kind of always be grinding your, your, uh, your people. Mm-hmm. Um, give time off family days, sick days. So I know too that in that industry that somebody calls in sick, like you never, you never believe the guy that calls in sick. Never. And I think that goes for a lot of occupations, but probably again, more so in these kind of hyper-masculine mm-hmm. macho areas. Like, Oh, right. you got the sniffles. Like nobody ever believes that somebody is too sick to come to work. Yeah. Well, I remember like surveying, like I, I've done some construction, but surveying for me was very similar to this. And I remember showing up to work, like hungover with the next guy throwing up outside the truck as we're driving. Yeah. Right. Like you don't stop. Yeah. You just go. Right. Doesn't matter what happened the night before. Doesn't matter how sick you are. Yeah. Job's got to get done. Yep. So. So, and in some areas, um, you're required to give a certain number of sick days and other, in most areas, I don't think you are required. Like mm-hmm. you might be required, you have to give them the time off, but you don't have to pay them for it. No. And so it depends on your operation. I'm not going to tell people they should have paid sick days, but you need to know, I guess that sometimes people need a day off. Yeah. And Whether it's for family time or their own mental health or exactly. because they're physically sick or something. And so it's, it's about creating an environment where they feel comfortable in asking for that or taking that when they need it so that they don't burn out. Yep. Um, of course you don't want to get into the situation, which a lot of guys would fear that like, Oh, people are going to abuse it. Yeah. I can show up to work all the time. and everything. So you got to manage expectations because there's those people that'll do that too. Yeah. I don't think that's a good reason not to start it though. Right. That's like cutting something off before the bad it's like cutting your arm off before it has gangrene. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, Oh, eventually I'm going to lose this arm yeah. because if I don't have an arm, uh, nothing can go it. wrong with it. Exactly. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. So you just need to like understand that like, so then you got to put in another policy, like have the sick days yeah. and the time off, but then you've got to have a policy around how many days that is. Yeah. What isn't and isn't acceptable around that. Um, you know, what's a good excuse. Like I'd rather somebody call in and tell me like, Hey man, honest to God, like I'm burnt out and I just need a day to spend with my kids. I'd yeah. rather them be comfortable enough to tell me that than to call in and be like, um, I'm sick, man. And fake the reason because you, because you've kind of siloed the reasons that you're allowed to take a day off. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah, you're only allowed to take a day off if you've, you know, if you've got the flu and it's like, so they call in and lie to you that they get the flu just so they can spend yeah. some time with their kids. Like, I don't, that's not healthy. Either. Well, yeah, no, I think, I think the number one thing in any uh, company culture that should always be uh, top of the list is transparency. Hundred percent. Because the second someone starts lying, that's when shit starts piling up, right? Yep. Like, yeah, everybody gets stressed because everybody's trying to keep up with their lies and their, yep, <laughs> right, yeah. It's just not good for anybody, for sure. So, yep, yeah, and start putting that into your scheduling. Yeah. Like don't sit there and say like, I've got three crews and if we just crush things for 14 days in a row, then we'll be done. It's like, you know what? Add a 15th, 15th day because mm-hmm. maybe one or two of you guys are going to need some time off in that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last one is positivity. 
I think this is a big one too. Like you've got to have a cheerleader on your squad. Yeah. And you got to have somebody that like keeps a positive attitude around things because if not, you're part of the problem. Mm-hmm. If you're just adding, if you're just another asshole in somebody's life, getting on their case all the time and feeding into this, like yep. this illness, then you're part of the problem. Mm-hmm. And by being a positive person, I think being a positive person in general is going to help you with some of these other things to be less of a, of an asshole. That's a macho tough guy. Asshole, yeah. Right? Like just by being positive and, and finding the good and, and um, finding the good in people when like cause some people just have a knack for finding the, the faults, mm-hmm. right? And other people it's like are willing to look past certain things and try to find the good or f- try to find a good reason for why somebody's doing something. Yeah. And so um, I think just maintaining a positive attitude all the time is... I'd say a, a of lot of times too, things. those negative people are always the people that have the worst fucking problems. Right. Right. Like yep. those are the guys you should be checking in on. Right. Right. If yep. Those super negative people, there's already something going on there. I mean, Gary V, you know, yep. quite well, he says this all the time about, about internet bullies. It's like, he doesn't get too worked about it when people are negative on the internet. Cause he knows it. It's because their life sucks. Mm-hmm. Like they're in a shitty spot. And he feels sorry for them. It's like, I, I, I feel sorry for the person who has to take time out of their day to shit on somebody else Yeah, because their life is so terrible. Mm-hmm. And so there's probably a bit of a truth to that when there's somebody that treats other people that way, they're trying to bring them down to their level. They hate seeing other people happy. Right. Cause and they so, are not there. Right. And so that's a problem mm-hmm. <laughs> for them. Yeah. So now we're going to get into just tips for everybody um, to kind of ensure your own mental health is in a good state. And so some of these are going to be super obvious. Others, maybe not, but number one is to eat healthy. And Hey, by the way, I've always, <laughs> <laughs> I've always said on every episode of this podcast, when we talk about something, we're not the, f- we're not exercising everything we talk no. about. We're just like, we're, we're two guys coming up with ideas Yep. and they're like, we're not short on ideas, but we don't act on all these things either. So eat healthy. And I, I don't do terrible on this. I'm not the worst guy out there. I go in spurts here, but, <laughs> but I know for sure that I feel a lot better about myself when I am on a healthy kick than when I'm on oh, a shitty 100%. kick. hundred percent. And so, uh, there's something to that for sure. Number two is exercise. Now, listen, I, we're just two guys coming up with <laughs> ideas here. Deja vu all over again. Um, but again to this, I know when I'm on a kick, when I'm exercising, I feel a hell of a lot better mm-hmm. about myself. Yep. Um, than I do when I'm not. So eating healthy and exercise goes a long way. And number three, I think these are kind of like the big three is get a good sleep too. I think sleep is underrated. Sleep is underrated because and I've only recently come to terms with how this makes me feel. I would say in the last couple of years, but I've always been a night owl. Yeah. Naturally. I just like, I have no problem. I didn't have a problem when I was younger, staying up till two in the morning, mm-hmm. no problem and get up at six and go to work. Like I could do that. But I feel it now, man. <laughs> if I step till two or three and I get up at five thirty, six o'clock, man, my day's shitty. Coming and then back I crash. Yeah, and then I crash hard the next day. Like there's yeah. nothing um, efficient anymore about me staying up late to get some stuff done because I'm just gonna lose the entire next night. Yeah, exactly. And so I now also know when I've been getting a week of like solid sleeps, I've been going to bed at 10, getting up at six. And it's like, oh, I nailed eight hours. I mean, I was fall asleep right away, but seven or eight hours a night yeah. feels different to me now than it used to. And, and not getting sleep, I can, I know. It's a big deal. I know. Yeah. So, and again, for guys that are younger, they might not feel this yet, but 
It's coming. It's coming. I used to, when I was like 20, maybe just 20, whatever, and had a job going to the university and stuff, I, I could go out all night. Oh, yeah. I could, I could go to, I could be out partying all night till six, go home, shower, Bart's go to work. Rod. Right? <laughs> go to work and be fine. Yeah. Like, I'd be tired, but I could make it. Not, uh, not now. Uh, you, have you tried that uh, recently? Um, <laughs> it wasn't that long ago, actually. <laughs> to be quite frank, I, I did that back in COVID times. So when COVID, like back in March, mm. my family went down to the family farm and I was like, okay, I'm going to get some work done this week. And I did, I pulled it all night or one night and I don't remember why, but I was still here when people were showing up in the morning and then, yeah, I did go book. home and went to, went to see. You were making that book. Yeah. I did go home and get some sleep at that point, but yeah, it was a dumb idea. Rexy for days now. Mm-hmm. Um, avoid alcohol and dependency on on other things. So drugs, alcohol. Um, this I feel like this one's easier to say than not. Either you have a problem with this or you don't. Exactly. So if you don't have a problem with it, it's easy to avoid it. Mm-hmm. And for somebody who has a problem with it, it's not as easy as saying, <laughs> don't, don't do, do it. it. <laughs> yeah. Like if that's your natural crutch. Yeah. So, but I guess maybe what this sh- should be say is, is find help with those things. Mm-hmm. Find another outlet other than alcohol or drugs to help with your problems. Yes. Guess. Be aware that that's a problem. Maybe more so than anything. Uh, number five, put technology down. That's a tough. So that's tough. Speaking of tough things to tackle yourself, hey? Yeah. Oh, but our live ended. I know that with putting your technology down and connecting with people in your house again, it feels good when you actually are able to do it, but it's a tough thing to break that, um, that addiction. Yeah, definitely. To technology and step away from it from time to time. And I find it especially hard because I am very tied to my technology because of work. I spend mm-hmm. a lot of time on social media doing social media things yep. or whatever it is, right? Or texting people or emailing. And what I find tough now is that during the day, I'm often too busy to really be doing too much of that during the day. Like I'm maybe checking in here and there, but I'm not spending time doing what I need to do or want to do on technology. Mm-hmm. So it's not until I get home where I'm like, oh, now I have some time to sit in front of this thing for a minute. But it's like, no, 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 this is not the time. No, this exactly. Is, you find the time somewhere else. But it's easy to get home and be like, yeah, well, I haven't been on here all day. I need to catch up. I yeah. need to like post the things I was going to post today and didn't have time to do. And it's like, yeah, but this is family time. And so I think we all need to... To realize that putting that down and connecting with people is probably the a more well, important thing. Well, and like even from like a, I've read quite a f- quite a few articles like from a scientific background that um, that the LED screens really screw with your brain, right? Like activate it right before you're going to go to bed, right? And really screws with your sleep. I've read a lot about that. I don't experience that. I'm the opposite man. Now you're <laughs> like, just like, uh, I am. So. I know that they talk a lot about like the blue light thing and blue yeah. light filters and how that, and how, yeah, reading before bed or being on your technology before bed, like does something in you that keeps you awake. But I'm the type of guy who's, my brain is so active that if I don't go to bed completely exhausted, then I need to read my phone until I am. Right. Because if I just try to like put everything down, go to bed, not super tired, I will lay there and my brain will start going Yeah, and I'll, I will have to get up. In 40 minutes, I'll still be laying there wide awake and be like, I got to go do something now. <laughs> so to me, it I find it helps personally. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> to sit there and read my phone because that puts me to sleep, honest to God. Yeah. If I'm laying down, reading my phone, I'm dropping that phone on my face within seven minutes <laughs> <laughs> for sure. And then starting myself awake 
doing it again and again and then be like, okay, this is enough. Put it down. So anyway, number six was spend time with family. This goes hand in hand with putting that technology down. Yep. Uh, number seven, foster friendships. And I put this one there because now is a time when this is really hard to do. Um, cause for a lot of us, we're locked down in some capacity, maybe mm-hmm. not locked down, but we're restricted in social activities right now. Mm-hmm. And so it's easy to kind of let those friendships go. And I don't know what this needs to be, but like, we're still allowed to do certain things. I think it's just important to keep those friendships, like keep in touch with those friendships. Yep. Hey, maybe technology in this goes in hand in hand. I mean, I went to a concert the other night that's with right. two buddies. You probably haven't <laughs> so, seen in a long time. Well, that's the thing. I talked to Tyson more the other night than I've talked to Tyson in a while. Yep. And so like that was, I guess that was a way of like accepting technology, but in a healthy way, maybe mm-hmm. and fostering those friendships. So, uh, number eight, and I've never been able to do this, but I know you do, but meditate. Yes. So yeah. why don't you tell us a little bit about how that helps you? Uh, I think meditating helps me like clear my mind. Um, although like it can be, detrimental because you're like not thinking about things and it's really hard to not think about things. Um, but it does like, it does relax, relax me quite a bit. And I learned a way to meditate called, what is it called? Transcendental meditation. And it's basically just by like saying the same thing over and over again, saying like a nonsensical word over and over again in your head. And you do just like relax and feel very, energized afterwards i i like i still do it around like 2 15 in the afternoon interesting do it for 15 minutes still off um uh, we're back we're back up here so it doesn't matter what the word is it's just the point of it is to, to keep your brain from wandering is that wandering? yes yeah yeah it just keeps your brain from it's like, like counting sheep exactly right keeps your brain from thinking about other shit so when you sit down to meditate just because i like i've tried this a couple times i haven't given it its fair uh shot mm-hmm. but and again it's like my brain is so active that it's not something that comes natural to me. Yeah. What do you do? Do you just sit in a room quietly by yourself, close your eyes and just like, are you going full? Like, hmm, like, no, no, no. Or are you just kind of like taking a break and just like close your eyes and think of nothing. Okay. Or think of that word. Like I'll usually just sit in my office chair, turn it away from my screen and just sit there. I usually set a timer too for 15 minutes. So for 15 minutes, like <laughs> that gave me anxiety. <laughs> You're like 15 minutes. I can't do anything. Minutes. I was like, I could do this for two, three minutes. So you, you just turn on, slow. close yeah. your eyes, repeat something and just, and so when you, when the timer goes off, how does that? Oh, like, how do you feel? You feel like super relaxed, really super relaxed, but like lots of energy. Um, it doesn't matter like what you're doing beforehand either. Like you'll get right back into whatever it is with quite a bit more clarity because you're not thinking about all this other stuff that you need to do. Right. Are you okay. still off? Over there? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to log. It's just like it keeps telling me that it's ended. One, two, three, Facebook four, live. five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Everybody else is in? We got eight. Okay. Well, it's just me then. So anyways, I think I'm, I feel like I'm going to give that a shot. You again should then. give some. Yeah. Tim Ferriss does it. Because I, I also, part of it is that I, I have not known how. Yeah. And the times when I look in like how to meditate, it's kind of people, it's more like, you know, sit down and be super Zen about things. And it's like, that doesn't come natural to me. But, um, we've talked before, especially on our other podcasts, the other 18 about the whole, um, sensory deprivation tanks, yeah, the float tanks. Mm-hmm. And for the same reason that I don't do well with those, I think is why I don't do well with meditation. It's tough for me to sit there and not think about something. Mm-hmm. But something as simple as just like repeat the same word over and over again makes sense to me. It gives you something to focus on. Right. Right. I, I could probably do without it now, but 
I know in the beginning it would be like two or three minutes in and yeah, you'd, you'd be thinking about things going on in the other room, right? Like that, like, do you ever notice that you can like almost hear stuff going on in the other room while you're sitting here? If you're not like really focused on stuff, like your mind kind of wanders, right? Yeah. That's what thoughts are, right? Right. There's always something going on that you're always trying to listen to really hard. Right, right, right. And so just putting something in front of you, like that mantra over and over and over and over and over again. You'll okay. Well, I'm going to try that for sure. Number nine is to be open and ask for help. Mm-hmm. And so I think this is just more about um, not being afraid to voice how you're feeling or something's bothering you. Um, I'm really good at burying stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so I... I don't know how to diagnose myself with this whole thing. I don't, I don't feel like I express myself well. I don't think I, I don't think I tell people how I'm feeling ever, Mm -hmm. but I also don't feel like I'm negatively affected by that. I don't, and maybe I'm just not aware of like the stress that is like what's bearing on me because of it. But I don't ever like, I don't tell my wife hardly any of my struggles. And maybe that's like a protective thing in me that I don't want to put that on her, Mm -hmm. but I don't come home at the end of the day and tell her how, I feel about like what's stress over. She asked me how the day went. It's like, usually my answer is like, Oh, it's good. I did whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, I kind of like, maybe I'm kind of like guarding a little bit, protecting her from like wanting from knowing that I'm stressed out about, cause I don't want her to stress out about my stress. Right. <laughs> right. I feel that too. Yeah. And I feel like I handle it a lot better or easier or I don't know than she does. Um, so maybe that's why I, I hold on to it so much, but I, yeah, I'm just gen- not naturally somebody who, who, tells other people because I also feel I'm also a huge believer that like I'm in control of how I feel mm-hmm, definitely and and the stresses that are being caused to me are my I'm in control of those things for the most part too I'm yeah. very much like pure bed entrepreneur in that way that's like I'm in control of my life nothing happens for like an accident reason right yeah so exactly I don't know maybe it's maybe it's all part of that too so do you do anything to let those stresses go though is there anything that you do um no I dwell on them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I heard a thing from Dr. Phil about like, like Dr. Phil, Ooh, Dr. Phil. Anyways, the, the the Dr. Dr. Phil, Phil. uh, he talks about like though, when you have like a thought in your mind, the, you'll say it like 10,000 times every second. Right. Right. So if it's a negative stress, you're really screwing with yourself. I hear you. Like you think it's bad that someone's going to make fun of you? So I'll be honest, and this is maybe why I feel like I'm so in control of things, but honestly, though, if I'm stressed out about something, the only thing that makes me feel better about it is to sit down and do it. Well, there you go. Face it. Yeah. Sit down. Like if I'm overwhelmed with things to do, the only thing that'll help me get out of that funk is to sit down, make a list of the things I need to do, and then do them. And throw that list out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Then lose the list, get stressed out about not being able to find the list, but just like tackling them. Yeah head on and I'm, I'm bad at it because I avoid things that I don't want to do or that like are scary to me or whatever. Right. Like, and I avoid those things, but eventually you can only avoid it for so long for you have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And then when you have to deal with it, then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, that feels so much better. So why not just do that right away then? Yeah. Why put it off and let's stress yourself out for forever. Right. Um, I sent a, the guys, our buddies, the bro laws on Instagram posted a little, uh, story the other day about worrying and, and how to deal with worrying about things and whatnot. 
And I had come across a quote myself that I sent to them and it says, a wise man once said, worrying doesn't take away tomorrow's troubles. It takes away today's peace. Mm -hmm. And like that hit home. That's solid. For me, that one did because that's absolutely true. Right? Like worrying about things doesn't, it solves nothing. No. It just makes you feel worse and worse and it ruins your current day. Exactly. So that's where I think like action over worrying, like, I don't know, it's important, but it's tough to do. Mm -hmm. It's like, you don't want to face the things that are bothering you, but yeah, it's a lot better if you use fear as your compass. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, Number 10, get outside and enjoy some fresh air. So that's also something that's maybe a little bit tougher to do these days. Um, But you know what? The outside is the one place that nobody's locking us down. No, exactly. You're a lot, you can be outside and do outside activities. So you know, like my wife even just texted me yesterday or today, um, wanting to do something with the kids this weekend. She's like, do you think it's safe to go to climbers this weekend? And here, this is a sad story because climbers is like a little indoor play center. Huge playground. It's pretty cool. It's pretty awesome. And unfortunately my response was, gee, I don't know. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's wise to go to places like that right now with the COVID cases increasing and whatnot. So what we agreed we'd probably do instead is go outside and take the kids sledding. Yeah. Go to the hill and go sledding. So that's going to be great for us. We're going to get outside. It's going to feel great. Getting that fresh air is awesome. The sad part of that though, is that our intention to go support a local business has now shifted away, mm-hmm. not because they're closed and not allowed to be open, but because of the fear of like, maybe it's not the safest thing to do right now. Exactly. And so I feel a little guilty now that I talked this through, I feel a little guilty <laughs> about like about guiding us away from that, but but it is like it is what it is. I don't right know what now. else to say. Yeah, right? like it's, and I'm sure that they're doing everything they can to, and I'm sure that it is. It's safe, safe. right? Like, yeah, it's, it's just like, do we need to though? Do we need like, is there other activities we can do that are for sure safe? Mm-hmm. No question. And so, um, sledding, you're gonna wind yourself very quickly. Right, <laughs> like har- in a harm way or like out of breath because uh, either way 40. probably <laughs> yeah i was i was coming back i like the bathrooms in our offices here are f- what <laughs> too, 40 feet too far away is that what you're trying to say 50 feet away yeah so i was in the bathroom this morning and i was walking back towards my office and my cell phone rang and answered and it was one of our vendor reps and he's like oh did i catch you at a bad time because <laughs> he could tell <laughs> i was like I was like a little bit, I was like on the move or a wind yeah. or something like that. I was like, no, no, all good. I'm just uh, headed from the bathroom to my office and that's all it takes to win me nowadays. So <laughs> he laughed. He's like, yeah, I hear you, man. So anyway, um, number 11, talk to a counselor. And so I think a common misconception that people have is that you need to be broken before you go talk to a counselor. There needs to be a problem that you've like hit rock bottom or you've hit a, yep. an unsolvable struggle before you can go talk to a counselor. And I don't think that's, the case at all. I think that going and talking to a counselor can help avoid getting to the place where you feel like you've lost, mm-hmm. like where you're in a, a major struggle. Um, but again, there's a, this stigma around counselors. Sometimes people talking to counselors, like if you're going to a counselor, there must be something wrong with you. You're weak, right? right? You can't solve yeah. your own problems, etc. And so, I mean, I probably even had that opinion um, myself before I went to the first counselor I went to. Um, but I've learned that like it helps sometimes just to go to talk, to, just to again let that Get stuff out. out to somebody who's neutral, who's not going to react in a certain way, mm-hmm. just lets you figure things out on your own by talking about them out loud. Yep. Because that's what I've found in my past um, is that just by me voicing and talking about it, I, I kind of find my own answers. But mm-hmm. without having the conversation, without like committing some time and some thoughts to it, you just never come around to the 
to the solution. You just yep. hold on to the the problem. <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? exactly. And so I've not found that the value in a counselor is that the counselor is going to solve the problems for you. It's that they put you in the environment and allow you to f- solve the problem yourself. Mm-hmm. And they might be able to give you some guidance along the way. But yeah. So anyways, I think that's important too. If you're just feeling a little bit off, don't be afraid to book something with a counselor and go talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, 12, be the change and encourage conversation. So in your group of friends, if you, if there's, if you guys aren't currently having these conversations, how's your mental health? How are you feeling? How, like what's yep. going on these days? If nobody's doing that now, it's unlike anybody, like nobody's going to start out of the blue. Right. Unless you do. Like it's going to take one person to make that normal. Need that action. Somebody, right. Yep. And so I know a lot of times when we see people after a little bit of time, it's just like, Oh, how's it going? And it's like, or what's new? People like say, what's new? And it's like, so maybe that, maybe that needs to change a little bit. Maybe mm-hmm. it's like, how you been doing? Yeah. Instead of just like, what's new and kind of fluffing things off and not meaning anything. Like maybe we can be a little bit more intentional about giving people the opportunity to talk about themselves a yeah. little bit. And when so. someone asks you that, maybe giving them an actual answer. Yeah. Right. Be specific. Yeah. I always find this isn't completely related, but I said the what's new thing. I always find it funny when you see somebody after like 15 years and you what's say new? what's new. What's new? Everything. Yeah, and your answer is like, well, not much. How about you? Yeah. Is that, are you kidding me? Yeah. you A third of your life has passed. How has nothing new happened? Mm-hmm. But anyways, I, this is just the opportunity to, um, to, yeah, like to give an opening for the conversation uh, beyond these surface level, like, yeah how you be and then on you go kind of thing. it's just like talk a little bit deeper. Um, check in with your family, friends and colleagues. Same thing. Yep. Just check in. I don't like, I often don't ask my wife, try to get beyond a surface level answer. Like I all, I always ask her how her day was. I always ask her how she's doing, but I never kind of press to be like, what's really on your mind. Mm-hmm. Like, is there something you want to talk about? Right. Or even my teenage son, like I know he's got some shit going on right now. And yeah. So I, I need to find a way to allow him to kind of open up to me too, but that's a rough time. Teenage. Yeah. Right. Uh, enjoy healthy hobbies. So, um, there's, I think you need to have your own life a little bit too, right? When you're, when you're in relationships, you need to find something that's kind of yours to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now it's hard again during this COVID stuff because all your activities are shut down. You're maybe you play hockey, but your hockey shut down or maybe it's going, but you're not playing it because of certain reasons or whatever. Yep. Um, you know, there might be activities. Like I know that we finally kind of got my, my teenage son into some things he likes, but now all, all the activities are shut down. Like not, yeah, you can't no, even go do them. Right. There's no extracurriculars at school for them to partake in. And so now it's like, it's harder to find the, the hobbies, mm-hmm. but I think it's important for people to have something they care about outside of work and family. Like, is there something else that gets you excited or whatever? Cause mm-hmm. that, that helps to alleviate stress and whatnot too. If you have something to look forward to each week that you get to go to. I know yeah. when I was playing hockey, that was that, that was, was off thing. the net for me. It's like, yep. you wake up and it's like, oh, it's hockey day today. And it's like, just that little burst of excitement. Yeah. Kind of to put you on the right step to start the day. Yeah. So, and finally, number 15, I have volunteer. Whoa. Um, where I was going with this is I think a lot of people struggle mentally because they don't know their own self-worth. They don't know how to define mm. their worth. Like who are they valuable to, especially if you don't have a family or if you have a family, but you don't feel like you're killing it. Yeah. I mean, like you don't feel like you're the greatest husband or the greatest dad or whatever. And, um, 
I think by volunteering gives you some purpose mm-hmm. potentially if you can get out there and help other people. Yeah. And so just putting yourself in front of, maybe you go volunteer at a, you know, a, a kitchen or something and you're, you know, you're giving people that are in need something. It kind of gives you your, your own self-worth a little bit and gives yeah, you a definitely. bit of a boost and not to, not to make it sound like you're using other people's misfortunes to kind of boost yourself. But Hey, if you put yourself out there and you're doing that, you're helping everybody. Yeah. You're helping. And it's going to make you feel better too. So I thought that was maybe a good one. Again, I need to exercise that one more myself too, but do you think uh, that could be something, uh, as a boss that you could try and implement in uh, company culture? I think that'd be a great thing. If you took your crew or your people or whatever to maybe that's what your Christmas party is this year. Yeah. We're not allowed to have Christmas parties because of certain things. Maybe instead of going and, you know, the last couple of years we've done escape rooms and I don't know what the situation is going to be on that for, but I thought we thought that was a good, like kind of team bonding and a fun thing to do at the end of the year. Yep. Maybe instead you do go, you know, volunteer somewhere for an evening or something and, mm-hmm. or do some sort of Christmas gift. Like, yeah. Surprise. Like whatever it might be, right? or whatever it is. Yeah. Something like that. Help others. But anyway, um, I think that's probably something that kind of gives everybody a little bit of a mental boost. Definitely. Yeah. Confidence. Not thinking about yourself. Right. And just like, and, and uh, unfortunately, because you might be helping out people that are worse off than you, um, again, not to use their situation to boost yourself, but maybe it can make it click with you too. Like, you know what? Shit's not that bad. Right. A little reality check. It could a lot always of us can, be worse. Right. A lot of us can feel pretty sorry for ourselves for a variety of reasons mm-hmm. and stress over things that maybe aren't that big a deal and not to minimize your problems, but maybe it's not actually that big of a deal. Right. Maybe you're stressing about things that don't need to stress you out. You know, I'm, I, there's a lot of times that, and for everybody, I'm not telling anybody how to deal with certain situations either, but I know between my wife and I, because she does stress over things a little bit more, sometimes that she brings problems to me that I'm like, what are we worried about here? Yeah. This, this is nothing. Mm-hmm. Like we can fix this. Why are we stressing about this? Mm-hmm. And so maybe you do get worked up over little things that are easily solvable or just need some perspective Yep. to be like, listen, <laughs> It might seem tough, but you have a roof over your head. You have a job. Your bills are paid. Your kids are happy. Everybody's healthy. Like, let's check in on that a little bit. Yeah. So, um, any other things that you wanted to add to I kind of threw that topic on you. We didn't really talk about this too much beforehand. But, oh, it was a great topic. Um, is there anything you wanted to add to this whole topic of mental health? No, I think you 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 nailed it. I thought it was, it was very, we like, it's like, we're an hour 20. Right. And only 15 of that was like, wasted as people like to say absolutely wasted solid hour talk about mental health yeah but i just think it's important to have the conversation um like i said this industry is not killing it as far as um keeping their people mentally healthy mm-hmm. it's a stressful industry and um a lot of people need to have this conversation unfortunately it's not like it's almost become commonplace on your facebook feed to for people to be losing people especially right now right now yeah because this whole COVID thing, like they said, it's like, you see a lot of those arguments out there. It's like COVID, yeah, not good. Um, some people are dying from it, but what we're also ignoring is that people are also dying from COVID in other ways Yeah, because they're, they're locked up. They're not getting that social connection with people like they once had that they need. Mm-hmm. Um, people are, the rates of depression are skyrocketing through this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not good. And so the number of COVID deaths is quite a bit higher because of the fallout from the actions that we're taking to try to deal with it is resulting in, 
you know, like I've read everywhere, like domestic violence, way up, right. substance abuse, way up, depression, way up, suicide, way up. Yeah, we have no things. idea what we're isolating people into, right? right. Yeah. So it's, uh, there's never a bad time to have these conversations, obviously. It's been a year since we had it. Um, it should be top mind more often. Uh, so hopefully by us having this conversation and, you know, the 400 people that are going to listen to this, hopefully some of them take some of this and be like, yeah, you know what? I need to make this a little bit more of a priority Yep. for myself, for my family, for my people around me. And if one person finds their way because of just having the conversation, yeah. then it's worth the hour and 20 minutes we put into it. Definitely. So... <laughs> Anyway, if that's uh, if that's all you got, Brace, we're that's gonna it. we're gonna turn this off today. What are you what are you doing for Christmas this year? Are you like this is a big thing? Nobody knows what to do with for Christmas. Are we allowed to do anything? I'm staying home. Uh, Ray, my daughter, she asked us the other day. She was like, you know, because a few years ago we were really sick at Christmas, right? So we didn't get to see anybody. Yeah, and so this year, so that was two years ago. This year, she asked us. She was like, for Christmas, can we just stay home? not she to wants to just stay she home. just wants to chill at home just well, the good. three of us and i'm ever, like yeah let's do it if there's ever a year for your kids to want us to home this is it i yeah. know that this is gonna be a little bit tricky for us because my my wife um big family person like we love i love going like christmas holidays and going mm-hmm. out uh and with so much uncertainty around things right now like she's she's gonna be pretty devastated if we can't go see her parents or our families at christmas time so yeah touch and go here right now but um i mean at least where we are they've they've kind of stepped up the lock. I don't know if I should call it lockdown, but they stepped up the measures against COVID right now mm-hmm. to where gatherings of in your house are max five private gatherings. So yep. that's like, that's your household. Yep. That's like you, that's nobody else. Exactly. <laughs> five people, in my family. So, um, so they're going to do this for four weeks or for a month, which a month will be just kind of mid December and then see, right. So <laughs> it's going to be, we're talking about like, getting closer to people and having more social contact and like opening up to people. And then right in the midst of this, it's like we might lose Christmas right on. This was going to put some people in, in some bad headspace. Mm-hmm. Also going into winter, which is notoriously depressing, notoriously depressing. And a lot of people struggle to get through winter. Yeah. So your vitamin D is down. You're not getting sunlight. You're not outside. You're not, you know, and it's just a depressing time of year. So we're heading into a rough patch. So hopefully this um, conversation can be, Use heard by yeah. people and they can like act before the, the worst of it gets here. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, hopefully this is all for not. We hopefully, did something. Uh, hopefully the Christmas season is still allowed to happen here and mm-hmm. things take a turn for the better here in the next few weeks, but uh, we're not in control of that. I guess to a certain extent we are, but it is what it is. Yep. Until next week, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, thank you for listening to the Ultimate Deck Podcast. Now you know what we're about. Check the site, come and shop. UltimateDeckShop.com. Hit us right away for sponsorships. So tell us if you want to collaborate. Let's go. Check us out on any social networks. Thank you for listening.